This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about recession investment strategies. I've recently done a podcast and a radio show about investing mistakes to avoid during the recession, but I want to shift the conversation to talking about the opportunities, because here's one of the things that wealthy investors know. They know that within market downturns like this, there can be beautiful, juicy, wonderful opportunities to take advantage of You have to have the right frame of mind, you have to have the right information, and you have to have the right emotional capability to take advantage of them. Because let me tell you, strategies in the market to take advantage of during a recession are something that your emotions will tell you are probably not the right move, but your brain will tell you that they are. So last time I did this podcast about recession investing mistakes to avoid, I talked about avoiding locking in losses by selling at the wrong time. I talked about avoiding going it alone. I talked about the importance of being diversified and being risk aligned. Those are all very important things for people to be aware of and to know that need to happen. But let's talk just one quick moment about going it alone. A lot of people tend to rely on their advisors more during the down markets than they do in the up markets. In fact, there was even a study done by Vanguard, and Vanguard is somebody that is more of a direct company, not investment advisors or financial wealth managers that are out there working with clients much of the time. Vanguard did a study that showed that investors who have financial advisors usually end up making about a percent and a half more over the long run and the biggest reason for that is that advisors help people control their emotions during tough markets they help people avoid making recession mistakes so if you understand what mistakes to avoid that's great but when we talk about shifting the conversation over to strategies it gets kind of exciting. There's no doubt about it. The recession makes everybody nervous. Your heart drops when you're listening to the news. It's your friends talking about it. It's your neighbors talking about it. All of a sudden the economy seems out of control. Down markets make us think, oh my God, this has never happened before. We're never gonna come out of this. We're not gonna be able to recover. And people start to scramble. They start to get kind of crazy in their head. But what I want you to remember is a couple of things. The way we make money is buy low, sell at a higher price. We lose money when we buy high and sell at a lower price. We want to avoid that, right? We want to buy low and sell at a higher price. And let me tell you, this, my friends, this is what buying low feels like. You have to take advantage of market downturns to be able to buy at certain low points. Now, does that mean go out and buy everything willy-nilly because the market's down? No, you should still have some rules surrounding your buying strategy. You should still probably be getting some advice regarding your investment buying strategy, but your emotions are probably telling you to flee the market. And the reality is that this is the right time to buy so that when we eventually do recover, which let me just make mention here, every other time in history we have recovered, 
can I say definitively we will this time of course not you know i'm not able to say that on a radio show or podcast but here's the reality we have every other single time. And I personally believe we certainly will this time why because recessions are part of a normal market cycle, these things happen so let's get set up to take advantage of them. The wealthiest Americans don't panic when a recession hits. They use specific strategies to potentially build wealth and take advantage of the market downturn. All right, so obviously this has been a challenging year so far. What's got us here? Well, what got us here really was COVID. When you think about it, all these shutdowns in COVID that happened worldwide, they busted up the supply chain that was in place. We've all heard people talking about global supply chain issues. It's problem is we don't have enough supply and we still have the same demand and so you start to see problems happen when supply and demand are out of whack that's why we have inflation things like that so supply got limited demand stayed the same the inflation shock happened because of those global supply chain inequities and now we're seeing interest rates rise because the fed is trying to cool down some of that demand if it costs more to buy something naturally people are probably going to start buying less of it so did the fed respond in time i don't know i mean i guess we'll look back in history and see if they made the right moves at the right time hopefully they did they're supposed to be in charge of this <laughs> so hopefully they did but we won't really know whether or not they made good moves until we can look back historically and see what's going on all right so the strategies that I want to talk about are all connected to ideas that may be helpful from a long-term investment perspective or a tax perspective. All right, some strategies that you might be able to implement right now during a recession. One, I just talked about it a little bit. This is a buying opportunity because we are at a buy low, sell high, market we're able to buy low right now so how can you go about doing more buying low all right well there's a couple of different things that you can do number one if you have excess cash sitting out there that you haven't invested yet because you're afraid to do so you're afraid to take the losses on it this might be a good time to talk about getting that into the market in some type of specific way one of the ways that we like to put money into the markets when markets are down is called dollar cost averaging. And what that means is if a client of ours adds money to an account that's in cash right now, put the cash into the account, we like to take a portion of that cash and buy into the market each month for them. Now it's all set up according to their risk tolerance level and their personal situation. But if we did, let's say a six month dollar cost averaging strategy, also called DCA, that means that over six months, each month we would take one sixth of the money and put it into the market. And why does that make some potential sense for people? Well, it makes sense for two reasons. One is if the market continues to go down, you didn't put everything in and you continue to buy at lower and lower prices, which we all know is good, right? You're buying lower. The other side of it, though, is if the market recovers faster than maybe what is anticipated, then you have some of that money invested in the market and some of your money is participating in that growth. 
So that's why a dollar cost averaging strategy can have potential wins, whether the market's going up or down. And that's why we like to use it with what we call cash on the sidelines, which means excess cash that somebody has that they're trying to figure out a good investment strategy for. Now, that typically works in what's called non-qualified accounts. Non-qualified means it's not an IRA of some type. Non-qualified is money you can just literally throw money into the account that's cash that you already have sitting in a bank, you know, whatever. Uh, but it's money you've already paid taxes on. And the only tax you're going to pay going forward is going to be on some level of gain in that account. Okay, so dollar cost averaging strategy for excess cash. Now let's kind of take that dollar cost averaging strategy to the next level, though, and think about it with your employer retirement plans. Employer retirement plans are naturally dollar cost averaging into the markets because when you get paid and your employer's putting the money into the plan, it's buying a certain amount every so often, which is the exact definition of dollar cost averaging. So how can you take advantage of this in your retirement account? Well, if your retirement account allows it, you could increase your contribution at this point in time to be getting more money into the market while we're at lows. If you're not maxing out your match, for sure do that. But if, if you're not maxing out your total contribution you can make, figure out how much more you can do between now and the end of the year and potentially increase your contribution to allow for that. Now, some people, um, can't do that. Some people's plans don't allow them to make the changes mid-year or mid-quarter or things like that. But if yours does, then this is a good time to think about doing that. Okay, if you normally fund an IRA or a Roth IRA, either later in the year or you do it right before tax time, you might want to consider about doing that early. You might want to consider dollar cost averaging in your IRA contribution over the course of the next four to six months. And why? Because we don't know how long this down market's gonna last. In retrospect, that may be a good idea or it may be a bad idea depending on what markets do, but it might be a good idea to accelerate the timing that you're putting your IRA savings into the market. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about dollar cost averaging strategies. When I come back from the break, we're going to go a little bit more into some tax advantages and how you can utilize down markets to create some interesting tax advantages for yourself that will help you long term. Congratulations to Mary Stirk and the team at Stirk Financial for earning a spot on two Forbes lists, Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors and Forbes Top Women in Wealth for five years running. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, where today we're turning the conversation on its head about the recession and we're looking for strategies within it. This is all about investment strategies during a recession. We talked a little bit about dollar cost averaging, putting money into the market over time to take advantage of whatever direction the market goes. But now I want to shift a little bit and talk about tax plays that we might be able to see as helpful or strategic during this time. All right, if you have money in the non-qualified side, again, meaning that it is not in an IRA, there are certain ways that money is taxed in those accounts. 
If you have gains or losses that have occurred within the last year, that's called short-term gains and is generally taxed as ordinary income rates of tax. If those gains or losses have occurred longer than a year, those are long-term gains, and then we have some special tax rates that can apply for long-term capital gains or losses. So why does this matter and how can we use this strategically right now? Well, for many people, if you've had investment success over time, you probably have some significant long-term gains embedded in some of the holdings in your portfolio. So maybe you bought a stock or a fund 20 years ago and it's doubled, tripled, quadrupled in size. Well, maybe now with this down market, it's back down to about maybe just that double. <laughs> so can you sell that holding now for a smaller amount of gain or are there holdings that you've had that you can actually sell for a loss right now? Now, selling to capture a loss for taxes is not the same as selling because you're afraid to lock in the losses. Selling for strategic tax play is intentionally locking in those losses with the specific intent to rebuy fairly quickly. It's not to set out of the market for a long point in time or a long period of time. So if you can trigger these losses and then rebuy into something different so you stay invested and can take advantage of market recovery whenever it happens, you're able to deduct those losses to some extent on your tax return. Depends on your tax return, whether you can do them all in one year or whether you will have some that filter out over the course of years. Everybody's tax situation is different. I can't give tax advice in this kind of form, but what I can say is this could be a good strategic tax play for you. So it gives you kind of the chance to potentially true up on some of those losses that are in there. And one of the things you have to watch out for when you're incorporating this strategy is what's called a wash sale rule. What the wash sale rule says is that if you trigger something that has a loss, you can't rebuy that exact same thing within 30 days or the IRS will disallow the loss. So for example, let's say that you had ABC stock and you sold it for a loss. You can't buy ABC stock again within 30 days or they will throw out the loss and consider it as you didn't do that for investing reasons, you only did it for tax reasons. Now, if ABC stock and, you know, DEF stock are both out there, you can sell ABC and buy DEF because it's a different stock. You also have to be a little bit careful of this with mutual funds and ETFs, things like that. And the reason that you have to be careful with those is because there's, there's some rules on the wash sale side that indicate if you go back into the exact same type of fund or ETF, you could have some wash sale problems too. So you really wanna consult your financial advisor or your tax advisor to figure out what your strategy should be to do some tax loss harvesting now in order to capture those gains and then reinvest into the right reinvestments to avoid the wash sale rules. All right, so that's kind of tricky. There's a lot of different stuff going on with that one. It's a little more complex, but it can be a really strong tax play when we have significant down markets like we have right now. Another tax play that might be effective for you, which again, completely depends on your own situation, is considering a Roth IRA conversion right now. 
Why? Well, you have to understand a little bit about IRA taxes to be able to answer that question. In a traditional IRA, the money you put in has not been taxed and all of the growth in there has not been taxed and you will pay taxes on any amount that come out of it. In a Roth IRA, if you follow all the right Roth IRA rules, the money that goes in has been taxed and all of the growth from it is tax free when it comes out. All right, so if you think about this, your, if your IRA value has shrunk and you can convert to a Roth at this point in time, you're converting on a lower amount, so there's a lower tax burden when you convert, and it gives the potential for the recovery of the market to happen in the Roth, where that recovery can be potentially tax-free. Now again, what you're doing is you're turning market losses into tax-free recovery. That's the tax play there, but you have to follow all the right rules, and once you do it, you can't undo it. The other thing that people don't always understand is that when you do a conversion, you do owe taxes on the amount that you convert in the year you convert it. So this may not be a good strategy for people in extremely high tax brackets, but then again, it could be the right you know, strategy for you. So talk to your tax preparer about what's the right thing to do. The last thing to consider that I wanna talk about today is rebalancing. And so for those who are more aggressive, for those who want to take advantage of this down market and have the emotional capacity in the stomach for higher levels of risk, it could be something that you consider to do some rebalancing to more aggressive in your portfolio when you feel that we're closer to a bottom of a market. Well, we're down significantly now, we can't call that, so maybe this is a good time for you to consider that. What do I mean by that? Let's say that you had a portfolio that was 70% in stocks and 30% in bonds. So your stocks are more aggressive than your bonds historically. What I'm talking about is what if you took that 70% in stocks and moved it up to 80%, 85%, something like that, 90%. So when the stock market recovers, you have a larger percentage of your pool of investments in the type of asset that may recover faster and further than what you had it in on the downward slope. It sets you up for a potential bigger recovery if the markets, when the markets recover. Now, this only works for people who have, you know, assets that are in certain areas, doesn't necessarily work for everybody, but what I will say is it can be a compelling way to look at things to get more aggressive at the bottom. Again, probably exactly what the opposite of your emotions are telling you, but it can be a compelling thing to consider to use this as a buying opportunity. Money that hasn't been as aggressive, making it more aggressive at the bottom and then riding the recovery back up. It's another version of buy low, sell high that not everybody really thinks about. Okay, we've talked about several investment strategies during recession to take advantage of the opportunities. We've talked about some tax plays that are out there. What I wanna say is this, everybody's situation is different. Everybody's tax issues are specific. These type of strategies should probably come with some advice, either from your wealth manager or from your tax advisor, or probably both. Hopefully those two people in your life are working with in tandem with each other. So 
get some advice, make sure you know what's right for you before you take the steps to move forward with strategies like this. And I hope this has been helpful with giving you some confidence in spotting potential opportunities within a recession. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049 and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data, rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The award is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.